Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. I want to turn uh, your attention very quickly to 1 Kings. Amen. Thank you, praise and worship team, musicians. Let's give our praise and worship team a round of applause. What a great Sunday service and worship. We're so blessed. 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to begin in verse 1. 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. As I begin to read, you're going to, you're going to find it a little familiar, but I believe the Lord's going to speak to us today. 1 Kings 17, beginning in verse 1, when you have it, just say, I got it. Uh, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Until I say it, it ain't going to rain. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread. Look at that. Ain't that amazing? The ravens brought him bread and, and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, that belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And I want you to catch this next verse here. She said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I've gathered these two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me and make after and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and he, she and, he and her house did eat many days. Amen. This morning, I want to preach to you for just a few moments, if you'll allow me, on this subject. Eat it and die. Eat it and die. Amen. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful 
to be in your house and to feel your presence and your power. I ask you today, Lord, that your presence would come into this room and that you would fill us with your word now, the meat, God, of your word, that you would help us to not only be doers, uh, hearers, Lord, but also be doers of the word. And we'll be so careful. We'll be so careful. We'll be so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And the church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to uh, preface this message today uh, for a moment and just uh, share a little bit about the situation that's going on in, in the story of 1 Kings 17. Elijah is a prophet from God, used mightily amongst God's people. And at this time in the reign of uh, what we would call we're coming out of, of we're, we're coming out of the, the time of judges where God uh, ruled and reigned with his people through judges, people in places that would that would judge accordingly to the word of God and God would speak to them and use them. Uh, and to the time of now we're coming into the time of kings and and first and second kings are going to lead us uh, into um, first and second kings are going to um, show us uh, the, the time and the reign of, of when kings would rule. Uh, we, we know that in, in, in 1 Samuel, uh, the Lord, uh, God's people b- begin to cry out to the Lord, and they say, Lord, we, <clears throat> we want uh, a king. Uh, everybody else has kings. And so we, we, we want to have a king like everybody else. L- let us be like everybody else and let us have a king. And God uh, refuses for a while, but after a while, he, he, he lets them have what they want. And uh, I, I talked about this a little bit in my lesson this morning in Bible study, but you know, one of the worst things that can happen to you is God letting you have what you want. I'll say it again for everybody else. One of the worst things that can happen in your life is if the Lord would say, okay, I'll let you have what you want. And he let the children of Israel have what they wanted and so now they have a king, and he tells them, he says, listen, I know you want this king, but it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. Not gonna, it's not going to operate like you think it's going to operate. So what's going to happen is there's going to come a day when you're going to come back to me, and you're going to say, Lord, save us from this king. And he said, I'm, I'm going to look at you and say, I, I, I can't hear you. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, in the day that they pray this, I will turn my ear from them. I, I will not hear them because... This is what they wanted. They, they, they got what they wanted. And so uh, the first king is Saul, and, and Saul does exactly what God said he was going to do, and exactly how it operated. They, 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 they immediately began to have trouble with Saul because Saul and his house did not do what God had asked him to do. God was going to try to use the man of God to operate through the king and uh, the king decided, I don't want to listen to the man of God. I do it my way. And God took away his kingdom. And God said, I now I've established for myself a man after mine own heart. And this is where we meet David. Now, we meet David here. David is a man after God's own heart. And somewhere around 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, we meet this young man, David. He's anointed to be king over Israel. 
And we begin to follow the life of David. That takes us through first and most of 2 Samuel. And so now we're in the time of kings when kings ruled. And kings ruled over judges. And, and kings have this, this place uh, in, in God's kingdom now. But God has never unestablished the role of the prophet. Let me say that again. When God allowed the people to have a king, he did not unestablish the role of the prophet. The role of the prophet is still in place. Now, there, there, there is a king over Israel, but in God's eyes, it's him, that prophet, and then that king. There's always a prophet in the middle. Everybody needs a pastor. Everybody needs somebody with veto power in your life. That'll say, nah. Amen? And so this is how God has it set up. And so the, the king of Israel now is, he's not good. His name is Ahab. And Ahab has done evil in the sight of God. Ahab has led God's people astray. Ahab and his wife Jezebel have turned God's people in a disgusting way. They've perverted God's power and presence. They've brought in extra gods. They've brought in Baal. Not only Baal, but they've brought in Baal's prophets. And now, oh, Ahab and Jezebel, who are king of Israel, are now running a show themselves. And God says, you know what? I, I have somewhat to say to Ahab. And so he sends a man of God. And Elijah, by name, the Tishbite. And Elijah is used of God in a mighty way. And so Elijah comes to Ahab and, and basically says, you know, because you're not doing right, God is about to shut this thing down. And there's going to be no dew, and there's going to be no rain on the earth until I say so. God has given me the power to control rain with my own voice. I have the authority. Watch what he says. You have to read it. In, now, this is going to make sense to you in just a moment. I'm going somewhere with this. But, but you got to see it for what it is. He says, there will be no rain, no dew these years, but according to my word. I, when I say rain, it's going to rain. When I pray, Lord, let it rain, it's going to rain. It will happen when I say it'll happen. And not, not, not until. Not until. God's going to have to get your attention. There's a, there's, a, there's a famine coming. Amen. There's a, there's a purge coming. And until I say so, it's going to happen. And so after he spoke this word to Ahab, God speaks to him. And God says, look, you need to get out of Dodge. You need to go. You need to go. I'm, I'm about to hide you. Because they're going to be looking for you. <laughs> Amen. They're going to be looking for bad boys, bad boys. What shall you do when they come for you? Elijah, they're coming for you. They got the Pinkertons. They got the FBI. They got the, they got the Texas Rangers. 
They got the Delta Force. They got the Special Forces. They got the Green Berets, 82nd. They all looking for you. The Bible will tell us later on in, in, in uh, subsequent chapters later that Ahab will tell him, I've looked all over for you. One prophet would tell Elijah that they turned, there was no stone unturned that was looking for you for years. But first of all, he says, I want you to go down to this brook and uh, I'm going to let the ravens feed you. And so he drank water from the brook that was near Jordan and every day, every morning and every night, the the ravens would bring him biscuits and chicken nuggets. I'm not talking about them McDonald's chicken nuggets. No, no, no. The Lord don't work like that. I'm talking about them Chick-fil-A nuggets. Yes. Is that good stuff? Every morning, every evening, the Bible says he brought bread and meat. So I get to make it. I get to make the rest of the story up. So maybe, maybe, some, maybe some French fries. Little Cajun seasoning on them, little Texas Pete on the side. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, this is what I've seen in the Word. This, this, this helped me. It's helped me because just because I have the ability to speak and it rains doesn't mean that I speak. Because I got no water. It's going to hit you in just a second. What's going to hit you is that the word for rain is in the mouth of the prophet. He said, it ain't going to rain till I say so, and he runs out of water. What you going to do now, prophet? You got the power to make it rain. It's on you. If you want water, all you got to do is say, Lord, let it rain. But all that's going to do is help me. And not help God. The ministry that God has put in you is not to help you. Oh, anybody want to talk back to the preacher early on a Sunday morning? What, what God has put in you ain't for you. That's why you got to stop sitting on it in his presence. And you got to say, Lord, the ministry that you put in me ain't for me. It ain't for me to look good. It ain't for me to eat. It ain't for me to drink. What you put in me is so I can help somebody get what they need from God. It ain't for you. What God put in you ain't for you. If the only time you use your ministry is so you can look good, sound good, only time you use your ministry is when it makes you elevate, you're using it for the wrong reason. Elijah had the word in his mouth. All he had to do was say, Lord, let it rain to fill his own belly. But he knew God had a bigger plan. God had a bigger purpose. God was about to do something. He had the power to make it rain, but he held his mouth closed and he was thirsty. He was thirsty and had the power to make it rain, but he knew this is not about me. This is about getting God's people back to where God's people need to be. The ministry that God put in you ain't for you, it's for God's people. The only time he puts a ministry in somebody, the Bible said, thank God he gave us some apostles and he gave us some prophets and he gave us some preachers and some pastors and some teachers and some evangelists. And watch what he says next. He gave us this for the edification of the saints of God. Not for you. Not for me. 
Not for the edification of ourselves. I'm not praying for rain because I'm thirsty. I'm praying for rain because God's people need to get back where they need to be. He's got the word in his mouth. Uh, but he's okay to not speak water. The Lord came to him and said, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to sustain you now. I kept you, but now I'm going to sustain. There's a difference. He said, I want you to go by the brook. I've commanded them. They're going to keep you there. But when that runs out, now I'm going to sustain you. He said, I want you to go down the Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. Now, here's what I dare you to do. I dare you to go through your Bible and do a word search and look up Zidon, Z-I-D-O-N. Because you're only going to see it in a couple places. Zidon is not a, a very popular place. Matter of fact, I'll tell you where Zidon is. Zidon is the hometown of Ahab and Jezebel. Woo, look it up for yourself. Don't take my word. I'm preaching conviction and curiosity. I need you to open your Bible and find out where... God said, here's what I'm going to do. Ahab is about to turn this world upside down looking for you. So I'm going to hide you under his pillow. He said, Ahab is about to search every nook and cranny to find you so he can kill you, so he can torture you and make you say, let it rain. But I'm not going to let him. I'm going to hide you in his hometown, the only place he'll never look. No way God would put you right here in trouble. No way God would put Yes, God said, I'll put you in the enemy's camp because I want to sustain you. I praise him because he's a sustaining God. I praise him because he's a keeping God. He sustains me. I come today to laugh in the enemy's face and tell him, look, you're trying to put me in some mess, but you don't know what you're doing to me. You're keeping me. You're sustaining me. God put me right in the middle of all this mess so he could keep me. I come to tell somebody right now, you may be in the worst place you ever thought you would be, but can I tell you, there's a sustaining in the middle of your mess. There's a sustaining. Lord, that's the enemy's camp. Go down to the enemy's camp. I'm going to sustain you right under their nose. I'm going to put you under them but so they can't see you. They're looking out here, but they can't see you. I'm going to bring you so close to the enemy's camp. I'm going to bring you so close to the enemy's place. I'm going to bring you so close to the enemy, he can't see you. He said, there's a widow woman there, and she shall sustain you. Uh, She's going to sustain you. That means, that means... It's, I'm in it for the long haul. I, 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 I'm not necessarily to keep you. I'm here to sustain you. You know what a sustain is? Sustain holds it. Yeah, this, this piano right here, I know you think it's a real piano, but it's not. We ripped out the real piano, put a digital piano in there. Surprise, surprise. This is a, this is a digital piano. It's a nice uh, Yamaha, I believe it's a motif maybe. Yeah, Yamaha motif, nice, got all kind of buttons on it. But there's one button on the floor. You cannot play this piano without it. You can't. Now, you can make some noise, but you can't be pretty. 
You can tinkle, but you can't be pretty. If you want to be pretty, if you want to make it sound beautiful, you need one pedal. Anybody know what that pedal's called? It's called a sustain pedal. Listen, your life is made beautiful by the moments that God sustains you. I wasn't up and I wasn't down. I was just sustained. I wasn't winning and I wasn't losing. I was just sustained. I come to preach to somebody, God is about to sustain you. He said, I'm going to make you beautiful in the keeping moments. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He said, I put a sustain in there. I want to encourage somebody. You've been in a holding pattern, but this whole time you've been in a holding pattern is because God is just keeping you right here. He's holding you down. He's holding you down. He's holding. I'm going to keep you. It wasn't pretty, but it kept me. It wasn't even that great, but it kept me. Oh, yeah. My, my, my. I'm helping somebody right now. Because you thought God was done. But I'm telling you, God ain't even started yet. He's just sustaining you. Somebody need to hear the word of God. God not finished with you, sir. God's not finished with you, ma'am. He's just sustaining. He's just keeping you right now. You're not doing nothing fancy. He's just holding you. Because the devil wants to take me out. When God sustains you, you don't eat like everybody else. When God, this ain't a cruise line. We're not getting fancy dinners here. But when God sustains you, he gives you just enough to make it through each day. Each day. He said, "I'm a, when I sustain you, it's a daily walk when I sustain you. When I sustain you, you got to keep going back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. There's got to be a replenishing every day. There's got to be a, a replenishing every day. Be seated, be seated. Let me preach my message. I ain't even, I ain't even got to my message yet. He said, the Bible said when he got to Zarephath, which is in Zidon, he came to the gate of the city and behold, there was a widow woman there. And she was gathering sticks. He, he saw her. This old, this old lady gathering sticks. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes how God sustains you, it don't look right. Lord, Lord you was doing miracles with them birds. <laughs> and now I got this old lady out here picking up sticks. Four, five, six, pick up sticks. She's out here picking up six little old lady. It just don't look right. It don't feel right. And he said, she, he said to her, he said, hey, 
If you don't mind, could you grab me just a, just a cup of water? I'm thirsty. I've come from a long way, and I'm thirsty. And she said, okay. And she turned to get water. She turned to get water. And as she turned to get water, he says to her, he said, now listen, as you go and fetch it, bring me, I pray thee, a little morsel of bread in your hand. Just, just bring me a little bit in your hand. She turns around. She says to him, I don't have a cake. Put the scripture on the screen for me if you would. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you some stuff here in just a second. That's, uh, that's um, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and uh, verse 12. 1 Kings 17 verse 12. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. Now, for all you ladies in the room that like to bake, you know that the word cake, guess what the word cake means? In the original context, cake. How many of y'all love cake? I'm going to raise my hand first, take away the guilt from some of y'all. Yes, Lord. I love Sister Briscoe, you can make me a peanut butter cake anytime you want to. Um, and I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm trying to do keto right now because your boy got chubby during uh, the, the shutdown, you know. But, but I will make an exception for that peanut butter cake. She said, I don't have no cake. Now, here's what we know. A cake is a complete work. You don't go to your cupboard and grab a, a box of flour and say, here's a cake. A cake is a complete work. She said, Lord, I, have, I don't have a complete work. I don't have it all together. But let me tell you what I have. I got a handful of flour and a little oil, and I got these here two sticks that apparently I'm going to rub together until I get a fire. You see it? You see it? She said, she said Lord, I don't have the complete work yet, but I got the ingredients for a complete work. Ah. Lord, I don't have it. There's no icing on it yet, Lord. I don't, I don't have the cake right now, but I do have what I need to make a cake. I got flour. I got oil. And I was just out here picking up these sticks to make fire. Oh. Because if you want a complete work, it takes the harvest, it takes the oil, and it takes a fire. Ah, Listen, you may have the meal, but if you ain't got the oil, it, it ain't going to work. <laughs> it ain't going to work. And you may have the oil, but if you ain't got the fire, it ain't going to work. And you may have the fire, but if you ain't got the oil and the flour, it ain't going to work. God said, I need a complete work. I want to preach to somebody in the room right now. You're not a complete work yet, but God, 
God sent me to tell you, you may not be a complete work, but you got the ingredients. You may not have the cake yet, but God sent me to tell you, you got enough to make a cake if you'll get it to get. Hear what she said. Listen to what she said. She said, I got this because I was about to go in and dress it. I was about to put it all together. I'm about to dress it. I'm about to get it all right. Listen, some of you are not dressed yet, but God sent me to tell you that he's about to dress you up. He, he said, all you need is a little oil, and you need the fire of the Holy Ghost, and you need some of this word in you. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help me. I'm not a complete, I, I don't have the work done yet, but I was about to go in and do the work. I, I have all the necessary things to make you what you want to be made. But here's, here's where it happens. She said, I was just about to go in. I was going to put it together. I was going to make a cake. I don't have a cake, but I was going to make a cake. And when I made that cake, I was going to eat it. Me and my house, we was going to eat that cake. And we was going to die. Oh, can you imagine looking at your children and telling your kids, baby, this is the last meal that we got. So we're going to eat this and then we're going to die. Let me tell you, you can go a long time without food, longer than you think you can. You, you, know, you can't go a whole lot long without water. You got, you got about uh, a, a good person, maybe have four to five days. If, if you got some problems in your body already, you probably got about three. With no water, about three, four days, your kidneys start shutting down, your body becomes overloaded with potassium, and your heart stops beating. Your heart's like, no, I'm done. Like, you can't give that water. But you can go a long time without food. Yeah, I know some of y'all looking at me like, no, uh Pastor. <laughs> it's 12, 17, and I had breakfast at 8.30, and I'm about to die right now. I'm almost done, so give you some hope. She said, I'm going to eat it, and we're going to die. We're going to sit here, we're going to starve. We're going to eat it, and we're going to go through all the processes, and we're going to emaciate. We're going to shrivel up. We're going to die. Because if you Take what God has meant for you to serve and you eat it, you will die. Listen, listen to me. Listen. She thought in her mind, 
this is for me and my house, and that's it. What she didn't realize is that God was about to give her an opportunity to serve. He was going to give her an opportunity to serve. And if she would serve, if she would serve, there would be a sustaining. But if she eats it, she's dead. If you, if you take it for your own self and your own gain, and I know you're hungry, and, and I know you're starving, and I know that you know you've done the math, you know what you have in your hand. You, nobody is, 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 is denying what, what you have or what you don't have. All I'm saying is there is a sustaining in serving. That doesn't come through eating. He said this. Elijah said to her, watch what he says. Elijah said to her, fear not. It's not about the famine. It's about the fear. He doesn't speak to her hunger. He speaks to her fear. Got to see it. You got to see it in the word. He doesn't speak to her desire to eat. He speaks to the fear in her heart. He doesn't speak against the famine. He speaks into her faith. And he says, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Most of us do not serve because we are afraid. We are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of what it will take from us. Time, effort, energy, ability. We, we are fearful. You're not, you're not worried about the famine. You, you're worried about fear. God didn't send me here today to speak to your hunger. He sent me today to speak to your fear. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Go. Go and do as you said. But make me one first. Go do what you was going to do, but do it first for God. Go do what you was going to do, but do it first for the kingdom. Go do what you was going to do. Go be who you was going to be, but be it for God first. Go accomplish what you was going to accomplish, but accomplish it for God first. Are you seeing what I'm seeing in the scripture? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? Go be successful like you was going to do, but be successful for God first. Go accomplish, but accomplish for God first. Go eat, but eat. The reason some of you are dying spiritually is because you ate it. God gave you a gift and you ate it. God gave you success and you ate it. God put you in the right place and you ate it. God put you around the right people and you ate it. God gave you a good job and you ate it. God put you up here, gave you promotion and you ate it. God gave you everything you needed to sustain your life and your ministry and God's purpose for you, and you ate it. 
That's why your ministry is dead. That's why your children are dying, sitting right on the pew. They dead, right on the pew. That's why you're sitting here with so much gift, so much ability. You just keep eating it, taking it for yourself. Keep eating. Listen, don't you, don't you dare today think I'm talking to you because I want your money. If that's what the devil has already spoke to you, let me tell you, you don't know me, number one. And number two, you don't know God very well. Don't be sitting there thinking, oh, oh, I see what he's doing. I see what, he, I see what Pat's doing. Pastor working this around because, you know, we got to give to the Lord, blah, blah, blah. It's all about, it's always about money. Well, can I tell you this? That God talked more about money than anything. I just dropped that little bomb on you, pulled a pen, and walk away. It's the most talked about subject in the Bible. You know why? You know why he talked about money so much? Because he knew where your treasures are, they're your Heart will be also. Yeah, and I'm not here today to talk about money. I'm here today to talk about ministry. And sometimes ministry equals money. Sometimes ministry equals time. Sometimes ministry equals talent. Sometimes ministry equals ability. Sometimes ministry equals gift. I'm not, ministry has never equaled a microphone. Ever. But I'm telling you, there's people sitting in this room, you are dead on the vine because you took what God gave you to sustain the kingdom and you ate it. Eat it and die. Yeah. That's what he told Adam and Eve. He said, you can have it. It's there. But if you eat it, in the day that you eat it, you die. Oh, and you don't die quick, huh? It ain't like a bullet to the head. No, no, no. When you die, it's, it's over time. It's, it's an emaciation of your spirit. It's a withering of your ministry. It's a little here, a little there, an easily missed church service, an easily missed opportunity for ministry, an easily set aside uh, and easily set aside, I don't, just not really, they, they, they're not really talking about me. They don't need me. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, the kingdom does. He said, now, 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 now here's, here, here. and I wish I had another 30 minutes, I, I, but I don't. Listen, he said, he said, Elijah said to her, fear not, go and do as you said you was going to do, but therefore, make, make me a cake first, bring it to me, and after that, make, you, make one for you and your son. Now, a lot of times, that, that's where we kind of end this story, and I've even heard preachers preach that you know, that this woman just went and disobeyed the man of God. You know, that she disobeyed the man of God. The man said, make me a cake, and she just did it. That, that, that's taking a little liberty with the Scripture. And, and if you know me, I don't like to take liberty with the Scripture. And if I do take liberty with the Scripture, I will tell you I'm about to take liberty with the Scripture. I give you a forewarning. Like, I'm, I'm going to take my little liberty here. But that's not really what happened. It wasn't that he just said, hey, go make me, go do what you was going to do. Make me a cake first and then, then bring, and she just went and did it. 
in between him asking her to do God's will and her doing it, he gave her a prophecy. We can't skip over the 14th verse. We can't skip over the 14th verse and just think that this woman just did this with no word. See, because he has the power in his mouth to make it rain. The, the word, the word to end the famine is in his mouth. A few chapters from this moment, he's about to go to the mountaintop, he's going to pray, and a little tiny cloud's going to show up, he's going to go, everybody get off the mountain because it's about to rain so hard, it's, it's going to blow your mind. He has that power in his mouth. But what he does is in the 14th verse, he said, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. <laughs> it was in his mouth. The, the, the sustaining power was in his voice the whole time. But what he did, instead of speaking prosperity over the whole country, he just spoke prosperity into that barrel. And he spoke prosperity into that cruise because that's all he needed to be sustained. And she believed the word of God. For the Lord said, if you do what I'm asking you to do, that barrel will never run empty. And that cruise of oil will never run empty. Until, if you do the math, it was two years later when it rained. So for two years every day, there was meal in the barrel. For two years every day, there was oil in the cruise. For two years. While everybody else was dying, she was surviving. While everybody else's family had nothing, she had food in the house. While every, we know why? Because she didn't eat it. She lived. She lived. She lived because she served. She served it. She served it. She went. She made it. She served it. They watched him eat it. They watched him eat it, and he said, go make you one now. But she had patted the last bit of meal out of the barrel. She had shook that last bit of oil out of that cruise, just enough to mix it, to mix the flour with the oil. You know, bread doesn't grow on trees. If you plant a loaf in the ground, you're going to have moldy bread. That's not how bread comes. Bread comes through preparation. You need the ingredients. You need the flour from the word of God. The oil from the anointing of God. And the fire of the Holy Ghost. And she's making it. She's thinking, if I serve this, I die. 
but I believe what God said. Oh, we sit here today and we preach this message, and I'm, 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 I'm closing. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to close my iPad and make you feel good. We preach this message today. It's so easy to preach. I can't imagine what it was like to live it. This is so easy to talk. Brother David, it's just it's an easy story to tell, but, I mean, really living that out, cooking, mixing, fire, smelling it, getting that good smell throughout the house, sun's belly's rumbling. They know there's n nothing left. This is it. This is all. This is, this is all we have. This is it. Set that plate down in front of that prophet. And he's fat and sassy because the raven's been feeding him. So he don't look like he's lost any weight at all. This man, this man looking healthy. He sits there and eats that cake. He eats it. God will use what you give him. You know, it was the time of my ministry, uh, and, and my wife would tell you the truth about this, there was a time in my ministry when I felt used. He was just using me. He didn't really care about me. He cared about my ministry. He didn't care about court. And, and my family suffered. I suffered. And I was gone all the time, 48, 50 weeks out of the year preaching. One year I preached 190 sermons in one year. Do the math. It's a lot. That's several a week. And I, I, I preach all the time. That was just the sermons I preached, not, not including the, the conferences that I did where all I did was music. I just did the worship and choir and all of that. But I just felt used. And, and I, was, I was feeling that way, like, God, I feel, I feel so used. And God was like, yeah, that's what you asked for. You said, use me. Mops get used. Rags get used. Ministries get used. You sit and you watch people eat your blessing. You sit and you watch people enjoy your ministry. You serve while others get to enjoy the food. You got a basket full and you're handing out morsels to the 5,000 and they're all eating and you're just serving until the end. When he says, gather up the fragments of bread. And you realize, I got a basket again. You think it's over until he says, go make you one. And you go back to that barrel that you know is empty. And the cruise that you knew you shook out. You take the lid off that barrel like, this is so foolish. Must have been a fluke, Brother George. I, I, I didn't see it. It was in a corner, that barrel. I just in the corner, and then when I shook the barrel, it fell out. That's what happened. But the next day, get up in the morning. It's in there. Turn that cruise of oil over again, and here it comes out. Just enough to make the cake. <laughs> just enough to make the cake. Just enough. They eat. 
They fill their bellies. The next day, they're like, oh, just a little bit. And when we understand that every day there's meal, there's oil, and there's fire, we understand what, the, what Jesus meant when he said, give us this day. Oh, hallelujah. Here's, here's what he said. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm not going to make you a cake every day, but every day I'm going to give you the ingredients. Every day. Every day if you'll dress it. Every day if you'll dress it. Every day if you'll mix it. Ah, the same gospel was preached unto them, but it did not give them any benefit because they did not mix it with faith. Oh, I feel like Paul this morning. His mercies are made new every morning. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that'll say, Lord, I... In the past, I ate it, but today I'm gonna serve it. In the past, Lord, I've been sitting on my ministry because I was afraid. Lord, I've been waiting. I've been waiting because I was afraid. But today, I say, fear not, fear not, fear not, and do as I have told you. Would you stand with me all over the room? Here's my word to you today. God wants to sustain you. Can I, can I tell you in the Holy Ghost? Can I tell you in the Holy Ghost that God did not send me today to preach you a word of prosperity. He sent me today to preach you a word of sustainment. He said, I'm going to keep you. He said, I'm going to hold you here. And the enemy can't find you. And God's keeping you. Two years. Two years. Two years God kept the flour going. Kept the oil going. Kept the fire burning. Two years. Finally, when the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and he says, it's time to go. Elijah comes out of hiding. Everybody else has been living through a famine. Everybody else looks. Everybody else looks like what they've gone through. Everybody else looks like there's been no there's been no no water in the land. Two years. It's a famine. Everybody's experienced it. Ahab's experienced it. Jezebel's experienced it. The prophets of Baal have experienced it. Every nobody, nobody looks right. Everybody's clothes is fitting different. They got two belts on. Elijah comes out of hiding, looking healthy. You know why? I need you healthy, Elijah, because there's a mountaintop. I need you healthy, Elijah, because there's a mountaintop. There's a mountaintop you need to go to, and there's going to be some prophets, and there's going to be there's going to be a competition. I'm about to position myself against Baal. And there's going to be a competition between me and them. And I need a man. I need a man who hasn't felt the pain of famine.
on, Elijah. Come out of Zidon. Where you been, Elijah? Been hanging out in your hometown. Right down the street from you, bro. You never look for me there. You look for me everywhere else. Well, you look healthy. Yeah. See, because I've been eating every day. A cake a day, I keep the doctor away. Amen. I'm just talking to biblical, baby. I need a cake a day. This what the man of God lived off of. I don't see why I can't do. Come out looking good, looking strong. Everybody else is emaciated. He's he's healthy. When he walks up on the children of Israel, who are stuck between two opinions. They don't know if it's Yahweh. They don't know if it's Baal. They've been so manipulated by Ahab and Jezebel. They need a man whose brain is right. They need a man who has health. They need a man who knows God's power and provision. They don't need somebody like them who have went two years with nothing to eat, nothing to drink, struggling just to get by. Here comes a man of God who's healthy. How'd you get so healthy? God's been keeping me. God's been keeping me. We're all so weak. We're, we're so weak physically that we've lost our strength spiritually. Elijah comes out of hiding. Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you? I wish I could preach about coming out of hiding healthy. He came out of hiding healthy, prepared, ready. He knew his God was a sustainer. When he walked up on that mountain, he had no problem, no problem saying, go get me 12 barrels of water. What? That's what we need, water. I know. This is how I feel about it. It ain't nothing to me. Water ain't nothing to me. It's everything to you, but it's nothing to God. Everything you value, God says, put it on the altar. Everything you're trying to keep, God says, put it on the altar. What makes you nervous don't make God nervous. It took a healthy man of God to say, go get me some water and pour it on. Make a trench and pour it on. I'm going to show you what God can do. He said, hey, God. He's talking about you. They said, you whack. Telling you. They said, you nothing. But I know different. Because I've been eating from an empty barrel <laughs> and an empty cruise for two years. Two years, Lord. Got fat. Everybody else is in famine. I know you. You don't. Let's show them what we got. God says, boom! Lightning bolt falls from heaven. The Bible calls it fire. Lightning consumes everything, licks up the water in the trench, all gone. God sucked that, God sucked those 12 barrels of water up. It's going to come around, it's going to come in your mind a second. God took the water up because in a few minutes, Bible, the Bible says it like this. It licked up the water. Because in just a few moments, he's going to pray seven prayers. And the prophet said, I seen a cloud. Uh, it was like, I don't know about, 
They're about that big, about the size of my hand. He said, get your running shoes on, bro. We got to go. Get off the mountain. The Bible says that Elijah, watch this. Elijah, so strong, so healthy. The Bible says that Elijah outran the chariots. Listen, God kept him so healthy, he was stronger than the horses. Let me tell somebody here, when God brings you out of what you in, I know that he's holding you right now. But when God brings you out of what you've been in, I can run faster than the horses. I can run faster than the chariots. God sustained me. He kept me. And those 12 barrels that went up, a barrel for each tribe, fell back to the earth multiplied by a multiplying God. God said if you want it to fall you got to send it up. Give and oh you're not hearing me. If you eat it you die. If you serve it. If we drink these 12 barrels we're dead. That's it. But if we give it to him I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I don't know who I'm preaching to. You've been sitting on it. You've been waiting. But God sent me today to tell you, don't eat it or you'll die. You'll give it. He said, when you, go into this, when you go into the new land and you reap that harvest, he said, as soon as you reap that harvest, I want you to take that first harvest in the new land Fields you didn't build. Houses you didn't build. Fields, fields you didn't He said, take that harvest. And I, brought you, I want you to bring that first sheaf to me. If you take that first sheaf and you eat it, you'll die in this land. If you give it to me. There's more coming if you'll give it to me. This altar is open. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I preached too long. I apologize. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.